Hello everyone and welcome back to the Real and Raw podcast with your host, myself, Helen Derbyshire. If you are new here, hi, hello, welcome. And if you are not new here, thank you so much for coming back. So today's episode is going to be slightly different. It's going to be about, as you've given by, you know, given by the title, about kind of parenting, motherhood and the things that I've learned. But I'm not going to be talking about, you know, which toy is better or anything like that. This is going to be from a mindset perspective and I think you'll gain value whether you are thinking about becoming a parent, whether you are pregnant, whether you are a parent, whatever it is, right? Uh, Maybe even not, maybe you you are in your early 20s, 30s, whatever, and maybe you've not even thought about kids and you're just listening to this because you enjoy my episodes. Whatever the reason is that you're listening to this episode, um, I think you're going to enjoy what I have to say. And I think it's a really important conversation that we need to have because I think sometimes maybe, like I said, you know, you're not following those accounts that are talking about topics like this. So um, I think it's really important to have these long format conversations around such topics. So I'm going to kind of list you through um, things that I've learned, experiences that I've been through since becoming a mother in 2020, September 7th, to be precise. Um, And I think the first thing, I'm actually going to start by what I thought parenting would be like versus what it's actually like. So I remember, and you might laugh, but when I was pregnant and I was close to the end, I actually Googled how to run a business whilst with with a newborn. And I was petrified. Oh my God, shit. How am I going to do this? How the hell am I going to do this? What does that look like? Um, and I think the first thing, I'd already had these conversations, but um, is kind of ironing out what that actually does look like and how much I am planning to work and when I'm going back to work. And obviously that's already pre-decided for a lot of people in terms of, you know, if you're working in a corporate structure, you probably get paternity leave. But if you are self-employed, like what does that look like for you? And for me, I really needed to kind of understand who I was going to become as a mother, what kind of mother I was going to become. Am I going to still be juggling work whilst I'm feeding my baby on my lap? Uh, What does that, what does it all look like? And obviously I understand I'm in a fortunate position where I do have the choice about how and when I go back to work and things like that. Whereas I know some people have to go back. Um, My mum, when she was pregnant with me, I think she went back after three weeks. Technically she didn't have to, but she felt like she had to. Um, So I understand and appreciate that not everybody has that flexibility uh, to choose their schedule. But for me, I think I went back after like three to four weeks, but I was working from home and stuff and it was all on my computer, my phone and things like that. But those are conversations that Chris and I had about what does all that look like and understanding who you want to be as a person and what kind of mother you want to be uh, before having that child, um, I think was really, really important. And I was so scared of losing my identity, which was something that, weighed on me a lot in the beginning and I'll get to kind of that in a moment um but I'm going to start by the first point that I know so many of you will experience and it's intrusive thoughts now I before this I well I say that I think we're all anxious on some level but I wasn't an overly anxious person um and I didn't really have intrusive thoughts since until I became a mother and now sometimes they they're not as bad as they used to be but they could be crippling in the past. Like when I first had Bella, and I'm not sure if it's something to do with the birth and your hormones and how it kind of knocks everything out of sync, but I used to be petrified that people were going to steal the pram off me when I was walking down the street on my own. Um, 
I would think all sorts. I thought I was going to fall over carrying her. I thought all this, and that's because you love your child so much and they are so responsible and dependent. Um, you're responsible for them and they're so dependent on you that it is so fearful. But those intrusive thoughts still stay with me. I still have these little fears here and there. And it's just because you love that child so, so much that you're petrified. So your brain is trying to assess danger all of the time. But I wasn't prepared for how intrusive they would be and I get them all the time and I think the motherhood anxiety that you get you can never even begin to comprehend sometimes how hard it is but at the same time it's not that I'm trying to scare anybody off who maybe doesn't have kids or you're pregnant that oh my god you're going to become this anxious person no it actually comes from a place of love um don't be fearful like oh my god I'm going to get anxiety because it's not that way at all it's because you just have this so much love in you want to protect them and do absolutely everything for them but you just have to kind of prepare that you know what I am going to feel like that and that's okay because that proves that I can feel that proves that I can love but um the the intrusive thoughts are an interesting one and I think as well and whilst we're on the topic of anxiety I think when you become a mum sometimes as well I think it's not just the, the physical demands of your child you know like waking up through the night or feeding them or whatever it's actually the mental strain and thinking in between so say you have to feed them say every three hours or whatever the time in between like oh my god the feed's coming up and what am I going to do between the feed and what time they're going to go down for a nap and have they run out of nappies and da, 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 and all of these different thoughts and I think I imagine dads get it too but not maybe on the same it depends obviously of yourself if you have a stay-at-home dad then obviously it's going to be a little bit different if you are maybe kind of like a default parent almost because maybe you're working from home while you're on maternity whilst your husband or you know your partner is is at work then naturally you do carry a lot more of these these worries and things like that and so for me it was like my brain was working a million miles an hour more and that's what exhausted me more and I think sometimes like when people say oh you know just try and get some sleep that actually doesn't restore you at all and I think I wish I knew how mentally exhausting parenting can be um you just think because I remember saying to my mum not this way but like I kind of had these thoughts like how challenging like because I you used to see some people say like oh I can't even drink a hot coffee or a hot cup of tea and I always used to think well why where's the partner or what you know what is a baby not sleeping and I used to think that but do you know what it is you're so mentally exhausted in those early days that you your head's wrapped up in a million things you actually forget and then you go oh okay I'll make a drink now and then your baby will wake up yes of course you could have done it an hour before but your brain is so frazzled that you're not thinking straight and I remember I was trying to do some some work after like four weeks and my brain was just like it was as if it was talking to me and saying nappies formula this bottle da, da, da. so at the end of the day my brain was frazzled and some days I wouldn't even do anything other than say you know the the feeds and the naps and everything which is still a lot I'm not trying to invalidate that whatsoever but I would feel as if I'd ran like three marathons honestly like mentally made me feel so exhausted so I kind of wish I'd have just understood that a little bit more and that's definitely a lesson that I've learned about how busy your brain becomes when you are which is natural um when you're responsible for another human and that's such an overwhelming feeling um it's exciting at the same time that you can look after this child and watch them grow and love them and you know nurture them and all of these different things but at the same time it, it is overwhelming and just knowing that and honoring that that 
that's that's okay and that's okay that I feel that way because that means I love that means I care um and that means that I get to look after this beautiful child and watch them grow um and yes I do have a lot to think about but that's the way women's brains unfortunately work we think of a million things at once but I just wish that maybe I was ready or understood the mental exhaustion and the, the role that that plays um and then I think as well, uh, another really important thing for me that I discovered when Belle was about four and a half months old after I'd been really battling with feeling like I was kind of losing my identity. So I felt like the moment I opened my eyes, this beautiful little baby was dependent on me. And that was really a lot. And especially whilst I was breastfeeding, I felt like I was just like I couldn't get the support because I didn't express um, my breast milk. I have a podcast episode on breastfeeding, but I didn't express. So therefore, Chris couldn't help me. And I breastfed for about eight weeks or something. And that's when I had to just say I couldn't do it anymore because the mental strain on me, I felt like I was just this milk machine that was sat there and even burping bell like the whole process could take me an hour and then I'd lay her down for a nap or something and then 20 minutes later she'd want to feed again and that was so like really difficult for me so I'd try and plan my day a little bit and say okay I'm gonna do maybe a little bit of work when she naps and it'd be 20 minutes and stuff so I think just having that kind of understanding that you know you may feel like you are losing your identity a bit um because all you're doing is looking after this child, but that's essentially what you're supposed to be doing, right? Um, so I think mine, there was a lot of, not resistance, but I was scared because I'd been through something similar before, not obviously having a child, but I'd felt like I was losing my identity in the past when I was transitioning from fitness and things like that to my second business. So I was so petrified of feeling those emotions that I felt then that I was really scared when I was really feeling like my days were just filled with that and I couldn't understand how... I had all this time could say she would nap for some days, like she'd nap for like two hours. I'd be like, how did I not do anything in that two hours? And you know what? It's because I was mentally exhausted and I just sat there like, but when you look at it at the end of the day, you go, I've done nothing, but you're not factoring in mentally how you've been feeling. So I did kind of struggle with that identity part. And then Belle went through sleep regression when she was four months old. She would wake me up so many times through the night. So when I would wake up again with her, like whatever time that would be, and I decided that I was getting up for the day, it was brutal because then she'd be refusing naps and on and off and things like that. And that's what it really heightened for me. And I had to decide then, what am I going to do for myself? I need to find time in my day for myself. Now that she's a few months old, I don't think I could have physically done this before then. But about four and a half months, it came out of a place of kind of like desperation, like I need to find a pocket in my day that is just for me. It's not for work. It's not for Belle. It's not for Chris. It's not for anybody else other than myself, because otherwise I'm really feeling low because all I was doing is I didn't have child support back then. I I had my mum that would come like a day and a half a week. And that was quite hard as well, because it's like your mum and, you know, you're kind of still there with your child. I never got that outlet. And then when I, when my mum was that, I was working and then through the rest of the week when Belle would nap, I would work. And then when I wasn't working, I was obviously in mum mode. So there was just no let up for me and then broken night sleep and things. So I just had to decide you need to find that, that time in your day. So that is where my morning routine was created. And as I said, you may not be able to do this even at four months. You may need to wait for six. It all depends on your little baby's routine. Um, for me, I've, it kind of just made sense to me. I read The Miracle Morning and 
Belle was waking up roughly. She started to kind of get in a routine, even though it was like not a routine. So it was a sleep regression, but the one consistent thing she would get, she would roughly wake up around five. And what I would do, I was would go and get her some milk. I would settle her again. And then I could choose to go back to sleep till maybe like seven, or I could um, wake up and kind of start my day. And by that point, me and Chris were just completely burnt out that we started to work in like sleep shifts. And apologies if I've repeated this, uh, it's on another podcast as well somewhere, but uh, I would go to sleep at nine o'clock at night and uh, up until three, Chris would be responsible. If he was in the office, he would be responsible till one. Uh, so I knew I was at least getting four to six consecutive hours of sleep. And that felt like all I needed after having months of being woken up like every hour, half an hour, even some nights, two hours. So four, four hours, mums will know this, four hours of consecutive sleep when your baby's small is a huge win. So for six, I felt reborn. So sometimes she wouldn't even wake up at three, you know, she wouldn't wake up till say five because Chris would, you know, do the feed at, give us some milk at three and then she wouldn't wake up till five. So I would get a full eight hours and that was the only way I was able to then start creating routines. So I want you to know if you are in the thick of it right now and maybe you're listening to this as your baby's in your arms and you're trying to do things around the house, just know, don't put the pressure on yourself if you're not ready. I think you have to just look and analyze your week and your your day as well um, about what is feasible for you and what is possible. And that felt possible for me in that moment. And I promised myself I would only do it Monday to Friday and then I would sleep in at the weekend. And what happened is when I started to get that time for myself, like I said, I would settle her again. Maybe she'd be back asleep by half five and I knew like I had about an hour and a half um, just for myself. And guys, don't get me wrong, she would wake up throughout that hour and a half. Sometimes I'd be meditating and then I'd just hear a, a cry and I have to run back in and things like that. So it wasn't perfect all the time. But that morning routine saved me and saved my mindset so much and I wish I'd have maybe read that book sooner so I could have maybe tried to implement it not necessarily a morning routine but just a routine somewhere in my day um maybe a little bit sooner or I could just maybe have a different perspective that you know you're not losing your identity but once you feel good enough to you can then create your morning routine once you feel ready but I didn't I hadn't read that and I didn't really I had a morning routine kind of before but it was my own time I could wake up whenever um so it wasn't like a set routine so when uh I wish that's something I kind of learned sooner for sure and read the miracle morning so if you are pregnant maybe look into to that book and start to think about how you can find time but please please do not take this out of context and think you need to have a morning routine when you have a newborn baby at all wait until your baby's in a bit more of an established routine it took bell about 10 weeks to get into eating consistently every three hours she would still wake up every night every three hours um and I would just understand her nap. So if she was kind of waking up, you know, roughly around a time that feels suitable to you, maybe your baby might wake up, I don't know, say 4am for a feed, but then you're going to give that feed and then they're not going to wake up till 7. If that feels good for you to maybe wake up at 6.30, because maybe, I don't know, whatever it is, I'm not telling you what time to wake up, 30 minutes just for you to have a coffee before that baby wakes up, will really help you start your day and I wish I'd have known that sooner like not that I needed this hour and a half routine when she was a newborn but if I'd have just maybe looked at my day a little bit differently and gone okay where is a pocket of time in my day where maybe an afternoon nap where I've maybe napped with her in the morning which I used to do up until she was about four weeks old I would nap in the morning I would kind of this is when I didn't have a morning routine I would get up um 
with her about, I don't know, maybe seven or something like that, six, whenever she would wake up, um, I would get myself some breakfast, give her some milk, and then she would pretty much go to sleep quite soon after that. I would tidy up the house a tiny bit, and I know people may roll their eyes at that because that may feel like an extra thing for them to do within their day, but for me, that actually helped me so much because I knew if I'd left it till the end of the day, I would have been too exhausted. So I knew she had naps every, like, she was napping all the time, you know, when she was a super newborn. I think their awake windows are like 45 minutes to 60 minutes, and that's key as well to know awake windows. Um, so I knew if I was going to lay her down back down at seven or whatever, she was going to sleep for at least maybe another hour or so. And I would run around, tidy up the house, so then when she'd wake up, maybe I'd give her another feed, and then that next nap after that, I would have a little snooze with her until maybe, I don't know, i say 10, and then we'd get ready, we'd go out for a walk, and then I'd, knew, I'd know that I've got my house a little bit tidier, um, even if it's just putting one load of washing on, straightening up the kitchen or whatever, I've had a little bit of a snooze with her for maybe like an hour, so in the afternoon, I wish I'd have known this, I was working, unfortunately, during those those pockets of time, um, that I can work or I can maybe take some time out for myself. And because she had multiple naps, maybe, or your child will have multiple naps, maybe you can look at each pocket of time and go, well, hang on, maybe I'll catch up on a bit of sleep with her in the morning. Maybe when she's having her next nap, we can go out in the pram and we can go for a walk and maybe I can sit and have a coffee then while she's napping, he, she is napping. And then in the afternoon, maybe you can do something at home, whatever that is. Maybe you have other kids, you know, um, I don't know. So I'm just saying to look at your week a little bit differently and your days um, with in mind, you know, that they do have these uh, awake windows, these sleep windows, lots of naps and things. But also, and the most important thing to reiterate is don't put pressure on yourself because everything I may say just now may not resonate with you all and you might be th- at all you might be thinking Helen I am burnt out when on earth am I going to find time for sitting down and having a coffee because I need to do the house and but maybe you've actually not thought of it from that perspective so just looking at what's going to bring you a moment for yourself whilst you're in the thick of the I'm going to call it chaos but not because it's bad chaos just because it's busy and there's lots going on in the midst of chaos try and find a moment of stillness whether you just sit there and don't go on your phone and you just go right let me just chill for for five ten minutes or grab yourself a coffee or do something whatever it is maybe make yourself something to eat or sit and read a magazine who who cares what it is you know just finding that time for you at a time in the day that is beneficial so for me that was a hugely important part of um me succeeding in in my parenting journey because i think before that not that i wasn't succeeding but i was really struggling so i think that was really uh beneficial and transformative for me and then this one's a little bit more about relationships and the importance of communication as you navigate through parenting together. Now, I have an episode on this exact topic that Chris and I recorded when Belle was about 10 weeks old. So this was before sleep progression. So I feel like we have so much we could add to that. Maybe we'll do a part two of um, communication when your parents have a toddler. Maybe that's a little bit different because your journey changes all the time. Uh, as as a parent, each time they go through a different leap or de- uh, you know, leap of development or a different age, it changes again. So maybe that's a follow up wicked follow up episode that we can do. But the importance of communication. So as I mentioned already, you know, Chris and I were working in these like shifts, and that was a case of I can't be responsible. You know, if say Chris was in the office and I felt bad then because I was able to be at home and rest a little bit more. So I was then biting off way more than I could chew, and you know 
letting Chris uh, sleep in and go to bed at the normal time, not letting him, but you know what I mean, Chris was going to bed at the, the same time and I would be closer to the cot and then in my head I obviously was on duty to take care of Bob but that was burning me out so then communicating saying like look is this something we can work towards together and unfortunately men don't always see things from our perspective because as women and mums we naturally take on more than we need to and it's not that men expect us to do anything but sometimes you just fall into your routines and your habits and things like that and as soon as I said to Chris like I'm super burnt out do you think we can kind of create something that works for us both he was like yeah sure of course we can and it worked and that's what's so important about communication and sometimes you know when you are communicating there are difficult conversations that you have to have where you're like look I'm really struggling I need you to help but they may also be struggling in their own way so communication is key I don't want to unpack that topic too much because like I said there is a full podcast episode on that um, about communicating with your partner in your relationship but that evolves with you over time because there may be things that you just need to express sometimes sometimes I think we assume that men can read our minds and if we're struggling with something we think or we tell ourselves oh they just think I'm going to do that who else is going to think he's going to do that does he never think about it and you go through in your head whereas really you could just say hey babe could you help me with x rather than getting yourself in such a state and I think it makes a parenting journey so much easier when you work as a team and you just kind of communicate what you need from your partner how you're feeling most importantly rather than bottling it up and if you are feeling lonely sad stressed or whatever with the role of parenting your partner may also be that but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't express yourself so the importance of communication is super important within um parenting um bringing it back to me I think like this is one maybe a little bit hard to talk about but I've always through being a parent I've kind of felt like a bit like an outsider um and I don't know why um when it comes to well I do know why it's really lonely and I've kind of as a first time mum when I first became a mum like I said I felt like an outsider I was sharing a lot on social media about my journey and there was a lot of should be doing this shouldn't be doing that have you tried this? Have you tried that? And I've kind of felt like, oh my God, am I the only one that just doesn't know these things? And I think that's what actually made me kind of stop sharing a little bit on social media about my motherhood journey. Well, it's not really kind of, yes, that I am a mum, but I'm not just a mum. And I kind of don't want to share all about Belle's life on social media, but I kind of thought, oh, well, that's what I have to do now. I'm a, I'm a mum and I want to share these things. And I want to help another person, but then felt like I kind of always got shut down. So it's something I definitely learn about being a mum and being on social media and actually just in general day-to-day life. Like some people may have sisters, friends, whoever that criticize you um, about how you do things, about, you know, whatever it is that you're, you know, asking them for advice for, but just know that you're not supposed to have it all figured out. And I think that's one thing I've realized because I think I expected to kind of just know everything. But honestly, you figure things out through mistakes or through lessons learned. You know, your child may need something once and then you've learned that then. You know, your child may act a certain way when something, I don't know, when they have this thing or something happens about their sleep or their routine. And then you learn, then you know, okay, that's they acted like that and now I know to deal with it that way or whatever it is so you always learn and nobody can teach you that there's no amount of books that can teach you about your own child so I think I just wish I knew that and realize that sooner and maybe don't listen to and I know that's advice and it's kind of like a 
what is it, double negative, like don't listen to somebody's advice, um, anybody's advice about parenting, even though that's my advice. But I think just follow your own intuition and just know that not uh, that you're not supposed to know everything. Um, and definitely that's how I felt. And it is a really lonely journey um, as well to be on because it's one that you feel like you should know all the answers to and you can't be seen as to be weak because this other person, this baby relies on you and people start calling you super mom and you kind of feel like, well, oh, no, I'm not, but I kind of feel like I have to be. Um, so for sure, it is a really lonely experience and hormones at day four, oh my God, that is when I felt the loneliest and hardest. So I hope sharing a few of these experiences is making you feel a little bit more related to because even though I have all the self-development, there are things that that you still feel low and you still feel sad about and you still feel anxious about um, when it comes to parenting. I think it's a whole nother ball game and it's something that you can't always prepare for ahead of time. You have to experience it for yourself. Um, I also think that parenting taught me patience massively and we can try and keep to these you know our way of living and our schedule and things like that and our pace of life but kids make you realize that you need to slow down or that you because if you think you always say like or you always think like god they have no sense of urgency no of course they don't because they're kids they don't have a understanding of a watch they don't have anywhere to be whereas it's us that's trying to rush everything and you know so i think kids teach you patience massively um, it's also massively taught me how to be pickier with my time and set boundaries because obviously you have less time, a lot less time when you become a parent. So I have to then make decisions. Well, hang on, I have X amount of time in the evening when I'm not working and when I'm, you know, when my daughter is in bed, am I then going to go and hang out with people that I'm not going to be friends with in five years? No, no, I'm not. Um, I saw that five year rule somewhere the other week. Um, if somebody's not going to be, if you don't think someone's going to be in your life in five years, then don't spend time with them now, because what's the point? Um, obviously, you may not know, but you have to think if you want them in your life or not. And if you want them, then sure, spend time with them. If you don't, then definitely don't sacrifice on your the time that you have now on a person that won't be in your life for, within the next five years. And I think it has definitely taught me how to create firmer boundaries around my time and not to waste time on things that just aren't important and kind of going backwards a little bit I think like the first six months is an absolute blur complete blur and then I think month six to 12 is a, a little bit easier and then month 12 onwards brings its own challenges and eases at the same time now Belle is two in like two weeks as I'm recording this podcast you may have already turned it by the time you listen to this but kids change all the time. Like when they're a newborn, yes, they sleep a lot, but they also need feeding every two to three hours and you're waking up a lot and they're going through leaps and they may even have colic and there's all of these different things. So people say that newborns are easy. They're not. No age is easier than than, than another. It really isn't. Um, but for me, months zero to six were an absolute complete blur um and then I think six to twelve she kind of started to sleep after the sleep regression around month eight or nine and then she started to kind of like be able to sit up and things like that and she started to to eat so that there's less bottles and things but it was still still really hard and then 12 to 24 months you know so one to two years old 
I feel like loads happens like they start crawling so then there's more um safety risks and things like that and then you start to you know they have to feed themselves and then you're worried about them choking so there's loads of new challenges then they start to have temper tantrums which very interesting but I think the thing I've learned the most about like temper tantrums is getting down for me like if Belle has a complete temper tantrum is getting down on the floor with her and giving her a hug whereas before I used to be like oh god do I let her just ride this out what is it and I think the biggest thing I've learned about being a parent to a toddler um is compassion and empathy massively like you can never tell your child that how you're feeling is wrong or that's why are you overacting like that or there's no need to cry or um all of these different things oh that didn't hurt you know all of these like invalidation things if you think about saying that to an adult how hurtful that would be so I think I'm big on gentle parenting massively but before I think I used to think gentle parenting was just letting your kid get away with stuff because you don't have any boundaries that's not the case at all for sure you have boundaries uh with your kids but it's about trying to figure out how you can help them and listen to them and um help them regulate their own emotions rather than just letting them figure out for themselves because otherwise then they're never taught how to do that and you have to think you know we are raising um women men adults partners wives husbands that's what we are raising um our children will, will will one day be parents too so you have to think about what you're instilling in them and i think that for me is is a huge lesson that i've learned it's that you you know i think a lot shows up for you as well when you become a parent that you've maybe learned from your childhood and stuff and it's not until you become a parent that you can realize it and just the way that you you know you interact with your child and how present that you have to be like if you're sat on your phone this again I don't want this to sound like I'm judging at all because I'm not but like you know say if you're on your phone your child picks up on that you know um so just always being present and then therefore you're going to have to set boundaries around certain things in your life to enable you to show up as a parent that you want to be so um, as I said, I think that, that all ages are an absolute blur, but I do think they change with time. Some things get easier, some things get hard. And then I think the biggest thing for me is um, not rushing another baby. Like people, oh my God, I used to think I wanted like two or three kids. <laughs> and I remember thinking I wanted a girl, a boy and a girl, obviously I had a girl first. And then if the second child was the um, the same gender as the first, then I would love to try again because, you know, there is something wholesome about having a boy and a girl because that's the family that I've grew up in. It's not about gender preferences or anything like that. It's kind of just about you want to rec- recreate what you have in your own family and there's nothing wrong with that at all. So I used to think I wanted up to three kids. Now I'm like, um, maybe just one. I think maybe just one. Um, and people have pressured me so much online in my, not in my friendship circle, because my friends don't do that, but people you come across, like, you know, when you're like, oh, you've got a baby, oh, plans for the next one, oh, are you gonna have two under two, am I fuck, am I fuck, because I, I, I need my sanity, um, and again, not criticizing anyone who has two under two, or maybe you've got a second one on the way, I don't want to scare you, but these are just my feelings and my thoughts, and that's definitely not something I wanted to do, because of my, I think my mental health would really, really suffer, had I have had a second child so close together. I think that would be really uh, difficult for us to to balance in our life. And I think right now, one feels really easy and ma- not easy, but manageable. Whereas I feel like if I did two to the mix, it would really upset that dynamic. So 
we already had it planned in our mind that if we do have a second child, it wouldn't be for like four or five years after the first. So there's no kind of decisions that we need to make now. But I think if I'd have had the idea that let's have two under two, I think I wish someone had said to me, maybe just wait until that second child arrives before you make any rush decisions. Um, as well, I think the importance of your relationship with your with your significant other, husband, wife or whoever, is so, so important. And I think bringing like another child into the mix for us would upset that dynamic. Again, I'm not saying that that would for you. You may have two kids that may be amazing for you, but just kind of where we're at in the season of our lives that we're in right now, I think an extra or another child would really upset that dynamic and I would really struggle. So I think that's something for sure that I've learned is to just think about things a little bit more about how they're going to affect the present moment rather than just doing it for the sake of maybe a child having a sibling or thinking about it oh well when they're older like you actually need to kind of think about you and how you're feeling right now because you can't predict the future and then to conclude I think one of the bigger lessons that I've learned um, as well is how to curate my business based on being a mum and growing it to a point where I am able to delegate like 75% of my work and keeping boundaries around my family life because before I had a baby and maybe before I was pregnant I was working like 60 70 more hours a week and I was running here there and everywhere around London and as I was pregnant obviously lockdown happened as well about I think it was four months pregnant when it happened it allowed me to reevaluate my life and go do I want to be doing that once my baby is here do I want to have a child and bring them into a situation where I'm not always there no I'm not so therefore my drive for my business came from building it to a point where I'm able to bring on a lot more staff when I had a child that take a lot of my workload off so now you know I used to work like I said 60 to 70 plus hours a week now I'm looking at working maybe I don't know 26 7 8 something like that and a lot of that time is spent kind of managing the team that I then delegate things to so my brain is not going into these really difficult situations that I then have to come out of and go into mum mode or trying to pull it back to I, I carve out those times in my week in my month when I do have those deep thinking days but I'm not pulling my head from one thing to the next all of the time and I'm spending my time doing the things that make sense to me and that are smart I'm really having boundaries around my life like I'm not going to be doing um calls or meetings or anything like that on the weekend even though technically I have say free time in inverted commas and I could do you know life coaching calls like I would have done um, back then I would have done Sunday calls and things like I'm not going to do that because that's my family time so building my business to a position where I am you know able to then curate it to to suit my family and our needs and, and things like that and I don't intend on changing that maybe one spell is I don't know I don't even want to say at school because it's always kind of, and especially as of more recently, uh, the last year, I've really started to think, well, do you know what? I don't envisage myself going back to that 60 hour work week. The only way that would happen is if Belle wasn't living with us, you know, when she's like over the age of 20. I hope she lives with us forever, to be honest, um, because then we can protect her. No, that's just a parent's way of thinking, isn't it? No, I wanted to live her own life. Um, but I just I just can't imagine so it's not I don't really have plans for you know to go and increase my workload substantially um my business can grow but then I acquire new team members and staff that I can 
I can delegate that too. And that's kind of the way that I operate my business from a motherhood perspective. Um, otherwise, I don't want to be, personally, I don't want to be that mum that is still having to work when my child is sat there and needing me or coming home and has homework when they're, when they're you know, four or five years old onwards. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that because I'm, I'm working. You know, I want to be that loving present mother as well as that career focused woman. But I need to create that balance. So that is what I've been doing over the last two years. And that is something that I planned before having Belle. Um, and I think it's been super beneficial. But uh, on the Real and Raw blog, you will come across a blog post that's going to come up soon, which is about different questions you can ask and different conversations you can have with your partner before having a child, which I think will answer a lot of questions for you and will open your eyes to to think in certain ways about different things. Like I said, even the business thing or your morning routine that will allow you to just be a little bit more prepared from a mental perspective and a self-development perspective, rather than going into this crazy journey that we call parenting uh, blind. So I hope you've enjoyed this slightly different episode where I've touched on kind of the mindset around motherhood and parenting and different self-development tools and techniques that I've used and continue to use through my journey of being a mother. And if you did love this episode, then do give me a tag on Instagram at Helen Dabs and at This Is Real and Raw. And until next time, have an amazing day, week or month.